In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to share with you today what is likely Jesus' greatest and most revolutionary word about the Almighty God. I got started down this road today because I found the two ways, or the one way, the epistle today that we heard from St. Paul's second letter to Corinthians and the gospel and how they're connected. And it took me down a road. So here's the epistle we just heard. I won't read all of it, although it's short. Brethren, we're the temple of the living God. I, and God, as God said, I will live in them and move among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch nothing unclean. And then I'll welcome you and I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. There's a scene in Luke chapter 11 where Jesus is totally exhausted from his ministry and he wants to be alone and to go pray to God. So he steals away. The disciples go and search for him and find him in the Kidron Valley. They find him deep in prayer and they come up and interrupt him. And... Um, but they, they see that peace and grace that he has, and they want it for themselves. They want to catch it the way other saints have caught it from, like, other saints. They want to catch it. So the disciples say, Master, John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. Teach us to pray. And at that moment, Jesus of Nazareth received or revealed the true face of God. He says, when you pray, say this, our Father. We are so used to it, by the way. It's like a little lost on us, I think. Our Father. Really familiar words. But totally revolutionary. Isaiah, the greatest of the prophets, wanted to hear those words and never heard them. He began his ministry by seeing God lifted high up on the throne, Isaiah did. Surrounded by the angels singing the Trisagian hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy. Jeremiah, Baruch, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, all the prophets, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Habakkuk, all of them, they all longed to hear this and didn't. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. And in all these words... I command you this day shall be placed upon your heart. You shall teach them to your children, and you shall walk in them when you sit. And talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk along the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. These words from the law of Moses are quoted by Christ as the first and greatest commandment, and there followed, followed them was the list of the Ten Commandments. I am the Lord your God, you will have no other gods before me. And it goes on. Moses, when he is hearing that, and getting the Ten Commandments, he'll go and he'll ask God, what is your name? I have to go and tell the others that you've sent me. Who sent me? What's your name? What do I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am, or I am. Say, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of our fathers, Yahweh, by the way, literally means the Lord. 
Yahweh, the God of our fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I'll be remembered throughout all generations. God's name, Yahweh, means I am. I am who I am. He is the true and living God, the only true God, faithful and true to his people. He's revealed to us by his word, Jesus. According to the scriptures, the experience of the saints, both Old and New Testament, Yahweh is absolutely holy. The name of God was not even spoken by the people of Israel, and they wouldn't even write it. They would, like, take out the vowels and just write the consonants. God is holy, he is other, and that's, like, separated. Like, holy does mean separated, totally different. It is this God, the Yahweh of Israel, whom Jesus Christ has claimed to be his father. And when we asked him, what do we call him? We're going to pray to him, what do we say? He says, this is how you start out. You say, our father. So again, the epistle today, I'll move among them. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. I'll be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters. Jesus could call God Father because he's God's only begotten Son. We call God Father because through Christ we've received the Holy Spirit and become ourselves sons and daughters of God. No one had dared to pray this way before Jesus. No one had dared to do this before Jesus did it. No one, no prophet, no, no like John the Baptist didn't do this. Before Jesus, this is it. Like, it's his absolute revelation of the Lord God Almighty, that he's our father. Now, Aristotle and Plato had figured out that God exists, but they referred to him in impersonal terms, the unmovable mover and all this kind of stuff. They couldn't, they just didn't have the revelation, you know? They could. they did all they could with their minds. But the prophets of Israel revealed that God is personal, but it's only Jesus that has revealed this I am, who I am, has revealed him as the Father. Only Jesus has revealed the Father to us, the God as Father to us. God is the Lord and has revealed himself to us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, we sing. If you took all the loving kindness of all the fathers and mothers that have ever existed and united them in all, to, all to one person, this person would be a faint shadow of the Father, of the Heavenly Father. And I say this because some of us, when we look to our earthly fathers, we don't even see a hint of the Heavenly Father. You know, not all of us grew up with great fathers who loved us, were kind. And so we might have some kind of like distance there between our earthly father who should be reflecting the heavenly one and the heavenly father and we're just going to have to live with it <laughs> we're just going to have to understand that you know our earthly fathers are humans you know earthly men and they were meant to show us the father St. Paul reflects on all of this. You know, St. Paul and the other disciples have time to reflect on this, that God has revealed himself as Father. And in Romans chapter 8, St. Paul says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You've received the spirit of sonship 
When we cry, Abba, Father, it's the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified in him. The first word spoken by almost every one of you was dada. <laughs> Maybe not all of you, you know. Did our kids do dad at first? I don't know. What'd you say? Oh no, Dada first, not because it's easier. Just that's what the kids do. She's like, it's easier than him. Dada first. Although I think one of our son's first sentences was no more cookies, which is another story. Dada. A child is, is uh, in Jesus' time and place would have called their dad Abba. St. Paul wrote to the Galatians, For when the time had fully come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so they might receive adoption as sons. Like, I'll read that again. When time had fully come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so they might be adopted as sons. Like, that's so that. Like, why did he do that? Why did the father send the son? So that we might be adopted. And because we're sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. This just makes us rich, by the way. Regardless if you have an earthly inheritance coming your way, you have this, this heavenly one. Thus, no man is naturally a son of God, and no man can easily call God Father, but we can do so because Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so we say in the Orthodox Divine Liturgy, make us worthy, O Master, that with boldness, I'm getting ready to say this, by the way, without condemnation, we may dare to call upon thee, the heavenly God, as Father. We have boldness, without any kind of condemnation, we can do it. We can stand there before Yahweh and go, Daddy, and go, Father. It's incredible. We know that God is love. This Father of ours. He has poured into our hearts the Holy Spirit, His love. That's what's been given to us. And being the God of love, our Father in heaven does all He can to give us life and salvation, not only to us, but to the whole world. He does this because he's merciful and kind and long-suffering and compassionate. He's willing to forgive. He's the good father who loves us. Compassionate and of great goodness. The Lord God Almighty is our father. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. He's long-suffering and has great goodness. Now, the question I want to ask is, do you believe this? The hallmark of Christianity, authentic Christian prayer is intimacy and reverence and love. So it's a little bit of a test. When you pray, you don't have to answer out loud. But when you pray, do you approach this God, revealed to us by his son as our father, do you approach him with nothing but formalities? Or do you approach him as a child approaches the father, the good father, who already wants to give us the good gifts, and already has and would give us more? Do you approach him just with formalities? And I don't mean like the type of wording you use. Because you could pick up the most formal prayer book. And if your heart is warm and you feel like you want to draw near to God, you can use the formal words. I'm not saying let's change how we 
call God dude or something. God forbid. Like, please don't ever do that. You know? Or anything else. The big man upstairs, don't ever say that. You know? But we, we, don't like, we don't like talking slang to God, but he's our father. We show a little reverence and respect. But is it out of, like, warm-hearted love for the God? Or is it just nothing but formalities? Okay, great God of the universe who can do all things. Fix my car. You know, or whatever, you know. Give me the money. You know, but it's like, it's like we, do we hold God at a distance by the way we even approach him? Or are we going to, like, fully embrace this incredible revelation from Jesus? Which we say, we're getting ready to say, our Father, we'll say it. But do we, like, embrace it? Do we go all the way? Jesus calls God Father or Abba 178 times in the four Gospels. It's not like I just found the one or two verses and read them and built a sermon around. Well, there's a couple of times where Jesus calls God Father or Abba 178 times. The Gospels are not that big, you know. It's like every page. It's like all the time. We're used to it. We just read it, you know. We've got St. Paul doing it. The rest, of the, uh, the rest of the apostles doing it. The rise of the New Testament. They're calling God Father and Abba. You know, they're on this love relationship with God. They're in this familiar relationship with the Father. So I want you to test yourself. I want you to push yourself. I want you to stand to right and stand with fear and attend and offer an oblation and sing to your Father. Who is close to us. And who loves us. And if we're in pain, then he's close to us. And if we're not, he is close to us. Some of you have had that bad relationship with your earthly father, and maybe this is going to help you. But for all of us, we need to draw near to the father, who is not absent, who is not abusive, who is not far away. We need to think maybe along the lines of the parable of the prodigal son, that while we're a long way off, the heavenly father is running to us. I mean, Jesus told that parable of the prodigal son, and they were scandalized that the father in his parable would be running towards the long-lost son who was coming back. They were like, that's impossible. You know, no father would do this. So maybe no earthly father would, but the heavenly father will. Jesus is teaching us about his father, revealing us to the father, and wanting us to spend time with the father. There is a, I'm ending with a couple lines here. There's a time where Jesus is speaking to the people and his mother and brothers come to him. And uh, Jesus is told, hey, your mother and brothers are outside. And Jesus replied, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hands to the disciples, he said, here are my brother, my mother, and here are my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. We're so used to hearing Jesus call God Father, we just like miss it. But it's an incredible thing. This is the gospel today, and I'll end with this. Final words from the gospel we heard. As you wish men to do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those who lend to you with hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. Love your enemies, do good, lend, expect nothing in return, and reward will be great in heaven. And you'll be sons.
of the Most High. Free is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. And here's the final line. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. It's the, it's the most incredible revelation of how we're to be with the Father. We're so used to being with the Father. I mean, I can't even make, I had to make myself say at the beginning of the sermon, I wrote, I want to share with you today what's likely Jesus' greatest, most revelation, revolutionary word about the Father. I had to mark it out and wrote, the Almighty God. Because I'm so used to it, like you, of calling the Almighty God Father. It's like God into us. But I want us to take the next step. In your prayers, do not approach God with just formalities or something like but to come to him like a kid goes to their loving father and says, I love you. I need you. You know, I want you. Hug me. I keep saying this in every sermon. Okay, one last word. Really. I have this little journal that was given to me. I, t I think I've mentioned it before. It's not published. It's a little prayer journal from Elder Ephraim, from Florence, from Philotheo. And he keeps writing the most like loving words to the father. Like, my sweet, dearest father. Like, I had to kind of like, like read it a little bit. Because it's not like, oh, heavenly father, you know, far away from me, who might not even see me or something. It's so sweet. It's so dear. And I have been like pushed to like go this way, you know? To see Mary as our mama. To see the father as our father. Like really a, the good, loving father that he actually is. All he has done is sent the son into this world so that we might become his sons and daughters. And he had to do everything to do it. He had to go to the cross to pull this off and die. And be resurrected. So, In the name of the father and the son and the Holy Spirit.